Well, first, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much, Grace, for being so graceful and accepting uh, coming on to my podcast. Uh, this is a, an emergency, in my opinion. And the reason for it is because I had uh, said on Twitter that you hadn't replied to our survey uh, at the Reconciliation Action Group when, in fact, you had. And I want to apologize unreservedly for um, not expressing that, for, for saying you didn't when you had. So I apologize unreservedly for that. And I, I appreciate you being so gracious and being willing to come on my show. And, um, I, and I just say thank you. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, I understand. It's, I'm, an, it's, I'm honored to be here. I mean, you know, with all this technology, what we're talking about, I mean, we just get so much information. There's, it's easy to get sort of buried, right? It really was. And I know on September 30th, I was doing all this data entry. And then at a certain point, I was like, oh, I'm so exhausted. And I must have just got your email shortly after that. So I apologize. And then part of our other team actually helped and did put it on. So it was even there. It was even available, but I hadn't had a chance to see it. Oh. So I just thank you so much for it. And thankfully, the rest of my team did not drop the ball. It was just me. So um, that's part of the reason why I, I just wanted to apologize just to you um, because it wasn't anything to do with our team. It was only me that had done that. So so yeah but you know if you're if you have a, a few minutes i'd love to go over some of it with you because um the best part about a podcast is that way we can actually talk about um your answers in more of in-depth way and then that will help so much with uh, folks trying to make their decision um so i just found out because of this that we actually have the pdfs of everybody's answers including yours mm -hmm. so um yeah i was hoping that we could maybe go through some of them and and, um, and talk about it. And, you know, I, I think uh, for me, one of the issues I have is that so many folks are still in denial of the genocide that Indigenous people are under. And um, there were some answers from other candidates that were quite shocking and not helpful. And um, so I just want to give you the floor and um, talk about First Nations from your point of view and what got you interested in this topic and uh, as a as a mayor how you feel about um you know implementing plans what however you want to frame that well i think for me this is uh very close and near and dear to my heart i have indigenous people in my family and um who you know obviously um my brother-in-law they live in edmonton um, and so his father, uh, back then, he went to what's called an industrial school, which is kind of the same thing. Uh, no, it's it? exactly the same thing. And I, yeah. I don't want anyone to be confused by that. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, he went through the, the trauma and, um, and so, again, suffered, um, you know, trying to deal with the, the abuse, okay? and then tried to that was in Ontario where he was in this industrial school and then so to get away from um sort of the path of abuse of, of you know alcohol abuse and um or alcohol abuse he they moved you know they moved from Ontario to Edmonton but there's still the generational trauma that happens mm -hmm. and and so you know I think you know, when I talked to my brother-in-law, who actually happens to work for um, 
Alberta justice for the government and, and, and on the Indigenous side. Um, you know, there is a lot of talk about what can help, you know, uh, various programs, um, what, what people can do, but it's time to actually take action. It's the action that needs to happen. Yes. And so many talks about solutions. And we can talk and talk about solutions all day long. But, you know, we need to take action and actually do the things that that's supposed to make, you know, actually, you know, have the reconciliation, mm -hmm. Start, you know, and understanding and learning, because we're constantly learning, you know, I, I talked to, you know, Chief Cochild, who's a really big supporter of mine, actually. And, um, and, and, and that's what he says, you know, we just have to keep learning, you know, about, about the reconciliation and amends and what we can do moving forward based on what we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I, um, I'm really glad you have a relationship with uh, Chief Crowchild. I was wondering if you had, because you said um, other First Nation chiefs, so I was just wondering uh, who are some of your relations that you have, like well, Roy, so Roy Whitney as well, or? Yeah, no, I've spoken with, uh, so the, the elementary school I went to had, uh, we went to school with a lot of Indigenous people. So it was St. Benedict. And so we went to school with the One Spots, the Eel Tails, um, the Starlights, like, you know. So, um, so we grew up with Indigenous people. But you know what? And I look back and I'm thinking, well, we didn't even have Indigenous studies, which we should have. That should be part of the curriculum, you know? I'm so glad you brought that up because that's one of the key issues is that I, I'm shocked to tell you this, but um, a lot of folks are unaware of the uh, curriculum that, that is being presented at this time that actually is really problematic and purposely excludes Indigenous people, purposely excludes the 94 calls to action. And, um, you know, honestly, uh, this has been around. There's actually no excuse for the current council why they haven't done more. Um, and I would, I, I'm really, you know, I ran in the last election because I was trying to implement these um, calls to action. And the inquiry was something I knew was coming, the calls to justice. And I wanted to implement that as well. And I'm, I'm sad to tell you the how few Canadians are aware of it. Um, they sit in the, oh my God, I'm so sad. And oh, that's so painful. Ah. And it's like, oh, that's great that you get to be there and be sad while we are still undergoing genocide. So uh, we had the Sisters in Spirit vigil on October 4th. And unfortunately, not very many folks came that are, you know, supposedly running for uh, positions of power. And um, we have uh, Sonny uh, Crazy Bull's vigil coming up that honors him uh, because he died in police custody within 90 minutes of being in police custody and the year anniversary is coming up. So, you know, it, it, it's really disappointing to, you know, I, I share this information. I've been sharing it for years. I've uh, been talking about reconciliation through a book club that we've had for over five years. And it's actually the folks from that book club working on the in the uh, reconciliation action group. And that group was formally changed Langevin school because, you know, it, me and other Indigenous people have been advocating for these changes for years. And we literally had non-Indigenous people say, 
oh, well, it doesn't say specifically in the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I have the series, the volumes of books here. And very clearly, whoever felt, you know, ignorantly confident to say that did not do the work and understand. But, you know, Murray Sinclair, one of the commissioners, clearly said that um, you have to work with the reasonable and give tools for the reasonable. And clearly you're reasonable and also impacted with having family that has been impacted by poor government policy. So, um, yeah, so, you know, and you said here that you are an advocate for harm reduction strategies, uh, uh, strategies as well. So that's fabulous. Um, you know, that if, if there's anything that you'd like to kind of elaborate on, you, yeah. the floor is yours. Well, I think, you know, talking about, you know, Langevin, and then they did change the name now. Okay, Langevin School, right? And I did go to Bishop Brandon High School. <laughs> and so they've changed that name now. It's Our Lady of the Rocky Mountains, I believe. So, you know, now we're seeing, you know, action, some action being taken baby steps, I guess. Um, but, you know, we really need to, I mean, that's just a start changing the names, but there's just more action that needs to be taken. And, and like you said, you know, there's all these vigils and all these um, different events for the Indigenous that people aren't even aware of. So there needs to be a bigger messaging from the city. Okay, you know, these are uh, important events coming up. Um, because we hear about other events okay mm -hmm. so um, and again as mayor I, that's what I need to make sure that in the diversity and inclusivity that all these events are um, communicated you know and that people are aware so that they can go because if people knew it was there I'm sure they'd go it's just they don't know they don't know when it is or where it is and what's happening mm -hmm. you know upcoming events so that's really important. Um, but uh, yes, a harm reduction, we just don't need one big facility. We need various ones around the city. Um, and that's what will be safer for all Calgarians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, that, that's wonderful. Call it Action 57 is um, all public servants given anti-racism training and indigenous education. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that that might be something actually implemented, especially after the Black Lives Matter movement that has shown so much, um, you know, conversation on anti-racism. Oh, what are your thoughts? And or I guess too, you know, obviously you probably have lived experience. What were some of the reasons why you ran and do you want to talk about racism? Yeah, well, I think for me, um, so I was born in Manila, Philippines. And my, my family moved here when I was five years old, you know, so, and it was in the middle of winter, a snow, you know, like mountains of snow, what we've never seen snow in our life. And so my mom said we landed and it was minus 35 and coming from plus 35, we almost just got back on that plane, right? But of course, you know, and my parents came here, um, their degrees weren't recognized which is another sort of, um, you know, issue, which we have to address with the provincial and federal government, because a lot of uh, immigrants coming here are facing challenges that they have to just start over again. 
So, I mean, my parents moved here in 1975 and basically had to start over. You know, they came here with 25, with $20 and they worked hard. Uh, my dad, uh, you know, he had his own business. He opened up and we all worked in the family business. My mom became a nurse. She was uh, 38 years as a nurse. Mm. And um, so for me, you know, the country, the city has offered my family a lot of opportunities. Mm. And, um, you know, we've been successful. And now I think for me, it's, it's about giving back now. It's about looking out for the best interest of Calgarians. I chose to be a politician, you know, it's, I'm not a career politician. I'm a business person. I'm an entrepreneur. And, you know, I think people were asking me to run and last term and I didn't. So I thought, okay, this is the, the time that I should run now. And of course, uh, throughout just right from the beginning and talking about racism and I'm not saying it's racism, but right from day one, my signs were being targeted. They were defaced demolished vandalized my car was broken into in front of my campaign office they broke the glass took all my campaign stuff like the whole car was cleared out so we've been dealing with this and thank goodness for my volunteers relentlessly every day we fix the signs and we just carry on you mm -hmm. know you just deal with it and it's just part of of the campaign and um so, you know, and my signs are big. They're four feet by eight feet. Yep. You can't just tuck that in you know, the trunk of your car. Yeah. So, you know, and it was getting expensive replacing these car, these signs. And so we had to think of something. Um, so we just actually released it to the media that um, when that was happening, we embedded GPS trackers on the signs. Because now we're thinking, okay, if somebody steals it, then we're going to find out where it's going. Yeah. But this is how sophisticated this is. When we embedded the GPS trackers, it stopped. They weren't stealing the signs anymore. So they had GPS tracker sensors. This is how sophisticated this whole thing is. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. This isn't my first campaign. And um you know i've been trying to speak out about the uh, ugliness of our democratic dialogue and the tactics from some of the um you know different campaigns but i don't think people are open to hearing it and they're not interested in entertaining it and um you know our, this country has been founded on racism and sexism so hearing it from a woman of color is goes in one ear and out the other and in fact even with our reconciliation group we have over a million people in this uh, city and not that many people are engaged in actual reconciliation work and when they are it's very much um you know wearing an orange shirt not structural racism and having folks talk about structural racism, structural sexism, when it's literally embedded in our Canadian constitution, you know, it, it's, uh, it's shocking to me how obtuse people can be. So, you know, if, if they're that blind to something so simple and so obvious, you know, what you're going through, unfortunately, is just become the standard because people are okay with it. They're okay with toxic, abusive tactics like that. And, 
it's so bad for democracy, but it's also really disencouraging for uh, women of color, for any marginalized group to even consider running because they know it's not meant for them and the folks who are in charge don't like losing power in any capacity. So, you know, it's really problematic and um, it's really hard for me as an Indigenous woman to encourage people to, to run in this really toxic system. Um, and worse when naive people do and then they're shocked by the tactics and it's just like, you know, there are books written about it, there are websites, blogs, podcasts, it's, it's not fun, it's not easy. And the average citizen lucky to vote, let alone be engaged in, in the actual process. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah. so in our advanced voting, 100,000 people voted, which is three times the normal amount. But we have a population of 1.1 million, let's say. So there's a million people that still need to vote. They need to exercise the right yeah. to vote. Yeah. So we really need to get people out to vote. It's important. Um, but what you said is, you know, you're right because democracy has been compromised. Mm -hmm. And with all these allegations now coming out of the dark money, you know, union money, and I believe that any candidate that's taking unlawful money should withdraw. Oh, I mean, yep. we have election laws for a reason. <laughs> you know, and you're talking to the provincial candidate who ran against a fellow who got the RCMP go into his office and take his computer the Friday before the election. And my own family still voted for the man. You know, I um, it, it just, that is the state of our democracy. And that is the state of the level of engagement that folks are still, um, you know, in. So my hope is with this, uh, you know, it, I, I hate to say it, but I think Trump really brought out a lot of the, um, facade that people have so you know been able to um, shield themselves from and in the hopes that there are more people now engaged that there are more people that understand the gravity of the unhealthy toxicity in our democracy maybe maybe we'll get some more folks come out um, you know it, we have a pandemic so those advanced numbers are you know i'm hopeful i had uh, friends who actually even missed the federal election because they got COVID last minute. So oh. my big message to people is to always vote, number one, but vote as soon as possible if if you know um, who you're voting for and you know, you know, whether or not they're being funded by these PACs and such. And we were the only party provincially that were talking about the, you know, how unethical PACs are. And again, people just weren't paying attention. Well, so, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, backed by a PAC or yeah. a tpas or union yeah all my campaign money has been donated by hard working calgarians yeah so i don't have the 1.7 million that some candidates are just you know having mail drops every day right it's incredible it's incredible how like dark money environment you know <laughs> like Right? We know where they stand already on climate change. Just kidding. <laughs> and and uh, so I really hope that um, Calgarians can 
really pay attention. And, you know, why I say that, why have election rules when does it really matter? Like mm -hmm. nothing happens, does it? No, and that's the unfortunate part. Like Jason Kenney's um, leadership was under scrutiny. And I mean, the RCMP, they are not going to investigate conservatives. And I, I would love to be wrong, but I just see it over and over again. And I am um, like, that's why our, our democracy is not healthy until we start seeing charges that are, are legitimate. I was utterly and completely shocked that Joe Magliota had uh, some type of like legal uh issue come at this moment because i'm like whoa 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 i think the real news here is that the police did something number one number two you know so that is a real conversation um you know i'm the missing and murdered indigenous women girls and two-spirit co-chair we literally tell people the police don't investigate our murders and when they do they corrupt them and that happened it happens over and over it's written it's in reports we have calls to justice calls to action and no leadership from folks and and worse the voters are so ignorant i mean you've door knocked i've door knocked they don't know the difference between the different orders of government so no. it's really problematic um you yeah. know trying to make some some change and then of course their biases come out first so um yeah. but i'm really glad that you're running and i'll let's focus on some positive things is that you know you're running you're very gracious to folks like myself you have connections to the indigenous community you know um, Lee Pro Child, you know, um, you, you have family that's uh, Indigenous, you were saying that from Ontario. So, you know, I, I think that um, at least that's a start. Uh, we had some mayoral candidates that never even replied to our email, right? And um, and we were trying to highlight that. That's what I was attempting to do with you. But as it turns out, you did re reply. And by the deadline, we've had a few late um, submissions as well. Uh, so it was really great that you had submitted and by the deadline. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I mean, I was asked um, by the media to comment actually on um, September 30th. Oh, good. Yeah, so and I had help from Chief Crowchild on that because, you know, he says, okay, there's that's great to have a day uh, as a holiday, but people need to understand and learn why that's actually more important than than the holiday. Honestly, it is shocking to me that people will wear an orange shirt on September 30th and then vote against reconciliation. <laughs> and so like honestly because i see it all the time oh and and i just don't understand like okay so you claim you want to solve this issue we're telling you what the problem is here the solutions and you're legitimately voting for people who have the like even the purpose to be against our community which within itself is incredible again you know yeah. they don't understand it and it's just an orange shirt thing well no actually let's just focus i mean so what i really liked was Mount Royal didn't shut. They focused the whole day on learning about the Indigenous studies, okay? Mm -hmm. I think that's more important. And I think all the schools should have done that. Mm -hmm. It's not about shutting, you know? We need to spend that day on learning about it. Okay. Well, and I would say, like Remembrance Day, there should be a week lead up where people are learning about it so that on the day, rather than me doing data entry on reconciliation work on politicians who have no intention of doing anything, it should be I'm actually allowed to participate in my community in ceremony. Um, and that 
that's the problem is that like our own people were working it our own people are still forced to educate rather than mourn the way we should you know be right yeah. you're right michelle because for remembrance day you're right they've got a week or, or, or i think it's even longer where yeah. salvation army is collecting money for poppies yeah. okay well we need to do that collect money for like okay so it's orange shirt or okay that's what you do instead of a poppy it's yeah. an orange shirt yeah okay that you wear for the whole month or whatever but that that they we should have collection you know times as well for just like remembrance day yes just like that yes it and same with october 4th for sisters in spirit day and we do um marches on valentine's day every all the time and then that's the problem is that canadians are even unaware even though october 4th like literally harper and rona ambrose did the cuts to sisters in spirit october 4th and people are still unaware because they're not paying attention because they just ignore indigenous voices so you know I, my hope is is that uh folks that care legitimately care get into power and do the action like you were saying and you know that that is why the commission called them calls to action because the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples had recommendations and those have been around since 1996 and yet we still see no leadership from politicians like there's no excuses at this point like it's willful ignorance if I know what um what is that uh, horse tran tranquilizer for COVID-19 by the anti-maskers if I can you know research and know about that and try to counter their information with actual science like it is just willful ignorance at this point to not know the 94 calls to action, to not know the 231 calls to justice. There's so many reports on so many topics and uh, we just have, you know, willful ignorance from politicians. And, you know, so I just try to work with those who are reasonable and willing as um, Murray Sinclair said, and you are one of those people and I appreciate every minute you've given me here. Are there any lasting thoughts that you wanna talk about? No, I think, you know what, I think what, what we really have to think about here is for Calgarians to really pay attention and really take the time to understand it, you know, not just the orange shirt or trying to get that orange shirt that was sold out, okay? Right. <laughs> and I remember I was at an event, a War 3 event, because all of September I wore orange. Okay. And so I was at this event and I was the only one of all the candidates that actually wore orange. Yeah. And I said, look, I said, for the, and mo most of the time people are used to me wearing either red or blue. Sure. Okay. And, and I wore orange and I said, I know you guys are used to me wearing red or blue, but this whole month of September, I wore orange yep. in recognition of the indigenous, you know, a man's reconciliation right and on. action. And, and everyone just was clapping, right? Because no, no other candidate even acknowledged this the whole month. I know it's so infuriating. I, you know, I ran hoping to create change. I was lucky enough to be greenlit by the uh, one of the parties one time. I don't know if they greenlight me again, but ultimately, you know, I am going to call out racism and sexism until my dying breath because my daughter's future and the next seven generations future depends on us 
doing the work. So I just, I hope, uh, you know, folks like yourself get in these positions of power, but ultimately, you know, you are already showing that leadership by wearing that orange, by speaking out at these forums and I'm and having relations with folks like uh, Lee Crow Child. So thank you so much for, for that. And thank you for being gracious of uh, being on my podcast after I totally snubbed you. So I apologize again. <laughs> That's okay. Well, thanks, Michelle. And I'm sure we'll be keeping in touch. I hope so. And good luck on Monday. Please know I've already done my events poll, but I'm here in Lethbridge. So I had to do um, uh, environmental scan of all of the like campaigns and such. And again, you know, um, it, it's not just about being aware, but it's also seeing us not as some pitiful souls that need saving. That's the opposite problem. We have so many resources for folks. And the hope is that, that people will start implementing them and uh, talking about these issues. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, not just for your kindness, not for just being on my podcast, but for your service and for running and talking about these issues because it's so vitally important. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks, Michelle. And we'll talk to you soon again. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks again for being on my show.